Next Tuesday is Halloween, a day that excites most children, stresses some parents, and for some Christians, raises some eyebrows. I've been very outspoken about the fact that I don't think there is anything objectively wrong with dressing up and going from house to house getting candy. I don't even think that there is something objectively wrong with dressing up as a scary dead person. After all, that tradition is deeply rooted in the Catholic idea of memento mori, which encourages us to always remember our death. In some countries, like Mexico, the Day of the Dead is a deeply Catholic tradition, and beautiful too if you think about how meaningful it is to remember those we love who have died. It's true that Halloween has lost its Eve of All Saints roots, and maybe there are some eyebrow-raising activities that take place that night, but I like to think that rather than the pagan taking over the sacred, it is that the sacred is still in there, influencing the pagan, even if the people don't even know it. So, I wouldn't worry too much about Halloween, except for the fact that eating too much candy is not very good for you. Who's the patron saint of indigestion? I'm Deacon Pedro, and this is the Salt and Light Hour. Hello, and welcome to an all-new Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro, and sitting here with me all the way from sunny California is Mark Matthews. Hello. Good to, good to be here, as always. As always, good to have you. Um, uh, you're getting ready for Halloween, Mark? I am. And you know what struck me about Halloween? No. Down what? here in Los Angeles. Okay. It's just how nuts everybody goes. They decorate their lawns. Oh, yeah. Like to the nth degree for Halloween here. I'd never seen anything like that until I moved down to okay. Los Angeles yeah. many years I, ago. I, it must be strange, though, to have Halloween without the autumn colors. No. Is that not <laughs> strange is. for you? Yeah, it's all it, it it is. And I mean the way we cope with it here is so like in winter we'll put fake snow on the ground. People oh, yeah. do that quite regularly. <laughs> yeah, no, I one of the things I like about this season and for us in Canada, of course, we just had Thanksgiving. And then it's Halloween and it's all the fall colors. And for some reason, and I think it has to do with global warming or climate change or something, but it's been a warmer fall. So the leaves have started turning. They started turning earlier and they've been a beautiful color longer and there's this it just seems yeah it's been a really nice long fall with beautiful trees and leaves and colors and so so this has been a really it it lingers it's lingering in the air yes lingered and it's and it's super warm here right now um although they're saying that by by halloween it'll be back down to super cold so we'll see um okay anyway so for what it's worth Happy Halloween and All Saints, All Saints Day, All Saints Day coming up. Yes. November 1st. Pre, 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 pre All Saints Day. Pre All Saints, yes. Hallow's Eve. Anyway, Mark, today, uh, Ed Clancy from Aid to the Church in Need is going to join us. And uh, as you can imagine, Aid to the Church in Need works with partners, Catholic partners all over the world. And of course, they're in the Gaza Strip. And, and, and so we're going to get a little bit of a report of how the, the Hamas-Israel war is affecting mm. uh, aid to the church in need and the relief work mm. that they're doing uh, with people. Of course, they're not just doing relief work with Catholics, but it's the Catholics in Gaza who are doing relief work, or relief work with, with other people who are suffering. So 
he's going to be here in about five minutes to let us know how how this horrible situation is affecting uh, them. We forget that there are Christians uh, in 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 the Holy Land and there are Christians in in Gaza. So that's in about five minutes. Ed Clancy from Aid to the Church in Need. And then, Mark, you're going to be back telling us something good about AI or something not so good about AI. Well, yeah, kind of good about AI. I mean, we're going to talk about the church's teaching uh, essentially on job change. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. So AI will change our jobs. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? I mean, uh, it's, <laughs> AI will be changing our jobs. It's it's still it's a still a little bit of follow up. You know, there's the writer strike going on here. So and it just seems I don't know. It seems like a lot of people I know are out of work these days. Um, maybe it's like you know the the kind of like the economy downturn like that. Yeah. So crazy that that actor's strike is still yeah, going it's still on. going on. I, I, yeah, it's not even in the news anymore here. Um, Anyway, so that's uh, what's good in Hollywood, what's good with artificial intelligence, uh, what's good about changing jobs in about 15 minutes with Mark Matthews. <laughs> and then, Mark, um, I know that you're a very uh, well-read man. You Do you read Catholic books? Are you looking I try. For, are you looking for, for, for new Catholic books? Do you read novels? Are you looking for Catholic publishers? Is that something that you look out for? Yeah. You tend to read a lot of like spiritual reflection books. I t I'm not a huge fiction reader. Okay. Uh, I get a lot of my fiction needs met through the media, but I'm always looking for like a really good spiritual reflection book. Okay. So then you would know that, especially if there's any contemporary books on spiritual reflections, there aren't very many Catholic publishers. There are a, there are a few big ones. Yeah. Oh yeah. Only a handful, really. Yeah. Today we're going to meet a new Catholic publisher. Um, uh, Maria J. Bain uh, started a new Catholic publishing company uh, called JMJ Press. Um, and she basically mm -hmm. started it because she couldn't find the right publisher for a book that she wanted to publish. So she started this new uh, publishing company that's dedicated to uh, giving glory to God in everything that they publish. Wow. So we're going to be meeting. My Maria. hat's off. I know. That's a tough thing to get going. I know, but she's, she's doing it. So that's in about 25 minutes. Maria J. Bain. Uh, we're going to learn about JMJ Press. And then we're going to reconnect with uh, singer-songwriter Lorraine Hess, who's been on the program many, many times. Lorraine has a new album. And I love this because the album is called Veritas, so truth. And and uh, we know how truth is important. And especially in this day and age, with everything that's happening with AI and mm, social mm -hmm. media and stuff, it just kind of blurs the lines with truth. So yeah. So she's taken this concept of truth. I mean, it's a beautiful album, beautiful music, uh, in inspiring you to prayer and worship. Um, but it also, I think it inspires you to think about truth and what truth is and what is truth. So that's mm -hmm. Lorraine Hess at the end of the program in about 45 minutes. So a reminder to all our listeners, if you're not going to be around, remember that you can go to our website, slmedia.org, click on podcasts, and that's where you can listen to all our programs. Um, and of course, you can also listen to this podcast wherever you wherever you get your podcasts, because it's everywhere. Um, so Mark, you ready? Let's start with a song. Let's do it. Here is Lorraine Hess with Word of God from her new album, Veritas.
and the grass may wither and die. Your was Lorraine Hess with Word of God from her new album, Veritas. And we're going to be speaking with Lorraine Hess at the end of the program, so I hope that you'll still be around for that. And now it's time for... Where God Helps with Ed Clancy from Aid to the Church in Need, USA. Ed, welcome back to the Salt and Light Hour. It's good to see you. Thank you, Deacon Pedro. It's always good to be with you. Um, very difficult uh, times. I, I think uh, everybody knows yeah. what's, well, at least everybody knows that something is happening um, in, yeah. in, in the Holy Land, in Israel, particularly in the Gaza Strip. I know that Aid to the Church in Need uh, does very good work. You've been in there for a long time with partners down there. Tell us, tell us what you know and tell us how your partners are doing in the Gaza right now. Sure. So the, the situation is, is is quite desperate for them. There are there's a very small Christian community, but a very close Christian community there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about estimated about 1,300 Christians in total in in Gaza, and of them, about a third are Catholic, uh, mm-hmm. say 300 or so, mm-hmm. 400, and then uh, the other the majority of the rest are Orthodox, Greek Orthodox, and recently, okay. just last week. Uh, there was a a missile attack or missile that hit a building alongside the the Greek Orthodox Church. Yes, I know. So yeah. Before this, there were about five hundred people housed or taking safe haven mm. in uh, Holy Family Church, a parish that we have helped uh, with the and on the Fathers of the Incarnate Word and also with the Holy mm. Rosary Sisters for a number of years. Uh, so they have they've been taking care of about 500 people and now with the destruction of this other building they've uh, sort of absorbed another two or three hundred people so as sister Nabila Sabah who is mm-hmm. the the prior of the of the community there mm-hmm. said we have nothing and that was Monday of last week and now right. they have nothing for even more people so the situation is is quite desperate for them and again so you mentioned that there's a very small Catholic, uh, yeah. minority, but obviously the work that these priests and these sisters are doing is not just for the Catholic community. So they're no. there to support. Are there other agencies, and I hate to call the church an agency, but are there mm-hmm. other, other agencies that are not Catholic that are also doing relief work in the Gaza? Uh, there are, there are, but the, the, but the, 
the makeup of the of the Christian base there is either Orthodox or Catholic. Okay. Uh, and there are some other rites, but because it's such a small community and there's so few churches, um, they they tend to work very closely together. Yeah. Uh, in fact, the two properties are alongside each other, the right. Latin church and the Orthodox church. And now it was a very easy transition for the people who were, you know, in the, the, the buildings that were hit to move into right. the, the church. Yeah. No, I guess I'm asking because I wonder how how much the people in Gaza would rely on the Catholic Church or these Catholic agencies for support or for help. Sure. Well, the Catholic the Catholic Church is is disproportionate in its effect on yeah. the community because, yes. in fact, the Holy Rosary Sisters who run the school, yeah, uh, school of about I think it was about three hundred or four hundred students, uh, most of whom weren't weren't Catholic, mm-hmm. aren't Catholic. I would say weren't because the school is gone now. Um, so. Not that the students are gone, but the the school is gone. So you know right. the future of that endeavor of that work of the church is in jeopardy, as in a lot of sense, the the Christian community in whole. And one of the dangers is that because the Christian community now is so small and also so localized, one mishap could literally wipe out the whole Christian community of Gaza in you know in one horrible accident right i was going to ask you about the school because i did know that the sisters ran a school so you're saying that the school the building is gone what happened to the school? well it's it it was it was one of the uh, the areas that were targeted because one of the problems is that hamas uses places known to house you know schools and hospitals to put tunnels and other mm-hmm. things under and that has been the primary target of right. the israeli forces they have tried to either destroy or limit the the movement right through tunnels and if a building is on top of it unfortunately the building has to be hit and you know the christians are not asking to be on top of a tunnel nor are they asking to be you know under a missile but unfortunately that's the circumstance Mm -hmm. and would there be any of your partners that are doing any medical work or any or the sisters don't run hospitals or clinics no, not not in Gaza. Not in Gaza. Places, yes, uh, but currently, what happened was when there was the the attack that hit the Orthodox property, uh, about fifty people from the wounded people from the attack are now being taken care of in the church because the hospital is overwhelmed. So the very seriously injured were sent to the hospital, and unfortunately, the situation in the hospital is is bad, and so the ones that are coming to the church. Are, are getting aid, but there's really not much aid available. You know, as I mentioned before, sustainability mm-hmm. says they have nothing, you know, medication, water, uh, blankets, mattresses. Right. Uh, but true to form, they did find a way of getting some materials in last week. Yes. And our hope is that with the opening of this um, humanitarian channel, even though it's only a few trucks right now, that there will be the opportunity for the church to respond. And we're waiting for that opportunity and in close contact with Sister and uh, Father Gabriella and all of them to, uh, you know, make an effort to to get Christians aid as soon as it's possible. Right. Now, you also have partners outside of Gaza in Israel and in the West Bank. How are they doing? Uh, well, they, they're they're managing, but everybody, well, the focus right now is to help those very desperate mm-hmm. because there's lack of movement. As many people know, there are yeah. people who are stuck on pilgrimages. Uh, so there's a lot of lack of movement, especially among the Arab communities, because mm-hmm. they have closed off the borders to, you know, the West Bank as well as to Gaza. And now uh, people who have made daily tra- uh, trips across those borders for work 
are without work. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- that's going to be another issue that will have to be dealt with in the coming days and weeks. Um, uh, presumably, of course, people can donate through aid to the church in need yes. if they wanted to uh, to make sure that their that their contributions are going through a Catholic agencies and and through mm-hmm. the work of Catholics in in Gaza or in in the whole region. Yeah. Um, and of course, prayers. We always um, uh, remind uh, our listeners that prayer is is the one thing that we need. Prayer right now is 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 prime. It is the most important aspect of it because we can have the aid, but if we can't get it to them, mm-hmm. it's, it's almost useless. And uh, so that's what we need. We need, we need prayers to make some miracles happen at the border right now. There's only one place where the aid can come in and that's in the Southern border of Gaza down at the Rafa gate through Egypt. And the Egyptians have been yeah. very, very hesitant to allow, uh, yeah. you know, traffic in through there. So we hope that there's a change of heart. And that's, I think what we need to pray for so that these people can get some very, very much needed aid. Yes, very much so, um, Ed. Yeah, thank you, thank you for the the little update. Um, I know that I mean everybody's. I would like to think that everybody's uh, paying much attention to the situation. Yeah. Um, that only through prayer can get better. I mean, it doesn't seem yeah. to be uh, to be improving uh, much. But uh, and we will be joining the world on October twenty seventh uh, to pray for the peace and in Israel or in Gaza and right. yes. because it, it really is needed. It really is so something yes. important. Thank you very much for that update, Ed. And and thank you for the work that you all do all over the world, but right now, especially in there. And we will continue to send our prayers and donations to aid to the church in need. Thank you. Thank you. Ed Clancy is the director of outreach for aid to the church in need USA. You can find out more about aid to the church in need in the U.S. churchinneed.org and in Canada, acn-canada.org. Hello, my name is John Paul Von Arx, and thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. If you want to contact us, email me, pedro at esomedia.org, or you can also find Deacon Pedro on Facebook, on X, formerly known as Twitter, or Instagram, at Deacon Pedro GM. And now it's time for... What's good in Hollywood with our Hollywood undercover missionary, Mark Matthews, who's got some good news about AI and joblessness. Joblessness? Yeah. Isn't that kind of a weird thing? Believe it or not, there I'm actually I'm calling it careerlessness. Okay. And there actually is some good in careerlessness. Believe it or not. Okay, it's a little okay. bit weird, but I'm we're intrigued. gonna dissect it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, tell us. So I recently gave a talk about how AI is going to change the entertainment industry, which I've talked about on this program before. And someone in my audience was like, Well, hey, I've got a friend who's a voiceover artist and she's gonna be out of a job soon because mm. of this. Yeah. Like, what does she do? And, and I was kind of like, well, I'm sorry, I have no good answer for you. You know, like, hey, the world changes. You know, <laughs> almost like, you know, suck it up, buttercup. You know, yeah. like, I can't yeah. help you. Oh. So, yeah. And uh, so, of course, I was talking with friends afterwards, and they're kind of like, Mark, you know, like, look, there has to be a part two to this talk. Like, how do we as Catholics manage, you know, change like this? And it's kind of like, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, you're right. This This is a huge topic, and it deserves... A, you know, a presentation all to its own. Uh, we, it deserves an answer. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, and so would the Catholic Church have something to say about how we shouldn't be? You have kind of spoken about this a little bit before, that we shouldn't be attached to careers or jobs. Is that yeah, where you're going? Yeah, we that that's kind of that's kind of it. And so, like, I'm no expert on Catholic social teaching, but, you know, mm -hmm. I've read through some of the documents on this and it, it's really interesting. So, like, the Catholic Church, you know, has lots to say, you know, about it should be the person first, you know, the goods mm -hmm. that we produce and you should always be secondary. Mm -hmm. um, you can't go too far to either like, you know, socialism or fascism. Um, you know, we that there's a dignity to work that we should embrace. You know, it also says, you know, that, hey, we're allowed to have, you know, unions and mm -hmm. trade negotiations mm -hmm. um, and that everyone has they say everyone has the right of economic initiative. Mm -hmm. So basically, we should all, you know, kind of be able to find work. But I have never heard anything and could not find anything that says that we are guaranteed a particular career. And so that's that's kind of the interesting point here. Uh -huh. Yeah. And. So if you think about it, you know, like, you know, there's no guarantee that a baker is always going to have a job as as a baker and kind of the foundational reason for this is ultimately freedom. And, and, and this is this is kind of actually the good in it. If you think about it, what a job is, is basically it's an activity that another person thinks is valuable. So, mm -hmm. you know, I, I don't know, you're, mm -hmm. you're a baker, you decide to sell bread kind of a thing. Well, the other person is free to say, well, you know what? I don't want bread today. I want, right. I don't know, a salami or yeah, something yeah, yeah. like that. And, and so that's, that's the flip side of it, that, that, that we as people are always given the, the, the freedom to sort of choose, you know, say, say, essentially where we want to put our money. Uh, and, and because of that, you know, we're sort of, we're never ultimately always guaranteed a particular career. Um, and so, you know, and even like, uh, laborum exercens, you know, says society according to circumstances should help citizens find work and employment. So that kind of means like, yeah, we'll help people find new jobs, but as the world changes, it's kind of like, this is something that we have to accept. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and so to ult put our ultimate security in, in a particular job or career is is a mistake, actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is fascinating. You're you're I'm kind of like I'm just wondering what what is good about that. Mm. Well, and it, it's true. Like, I think if you are, you know, it never feels good to get laid off, you know, and I'm, I'm kind of writing this, you know, with a, a number of friends who have all been laid off recently. Um, but I think I think so there's a couple a couple good takeaways here. So, you know, one is like you have to realize like this is ultimately freedom at its core, freedom on the other side. Mm -hmm. We have to also remember to always put our faith in God, not a career. You know, that's a constant temptation, mm -hmm. you know, to put our our our, um, our security in the wrong place, to put our security in the world. Um, mm -hmm. But also another good is that it, it also forces us our change our perspective to be um, attentive to the needs of our fellow man. So i.e., you know, it's kind of like, well, who are you marketing, you know, your particular skill set to? You know, again, we always have a tendency towards a bit of self-centeredness, like, oh, the world owes me this job as a baker. And it's kind of like, well, no, mm -hmm. I need to change my perspective and say, you know, well, what are the people 
around me hungry for? You know, are they hungry for a mm-hmm. bread or are they hungry for a salami? And and maybe being a baker is a bit of a bad example because honestly, I think if I think of like universal, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, jobs that will yeah, yeah, stand yeah. the test of time, yeah. you will always have a baker. So that, I don't know, maybe that's a bad, yes. bad example. So... So I think, yeah, I think, yeah, going outside of ourselves, I think is a, is a good takeaway from it. Um, and, you know, when I think too of like my creative friends, like it, it's a constant struggle to find work to support themselves. Um, and, and quite often that work, you know, that puts bread on the table is quite different from their creative pursuit. So even if AI is putting potentially them out of their creative job, it still won't change, you know, you know, change things much sometimes, you know, uh, you know, in terms of like what do, work they're doing on, on day to day. And, and then my, my last point, I, I feel like I always have to point out, I think there's this thing of what I call the exponential fallacy um, that AI is going to change things just far too fast. But if we look at other transformative technologies like steam power or electricity, you know, they all made enormous societal changes, but they took a very long time, decades mm-hmm. upon decades to make those changes and, and society adapts. Mm-hmm. So, and so I don't we, think it's really yes. anything to worry about ultimately. Yeah, we will again. And you're right. I, I, it's a, it's a good reflection actually to, to think about what we are attached to and, and what my right is. And to think that I, I, I do have a right to work but do I have a right to a mm-hmm. particular career? That's a whole other thing. And, yeah. and if, and we're called to serve others. So what am I being called to do? Yeah. That's going to actually help others. Does the world need more actors? Does the world need more bakers? Yeah. Um, does the world need more uh, radio hosts or podcasts? Salami people? makers. Yeah, it, it, the, maybe I should go make The world salami. needs more salami makers yeah, for sure. I, I think <laughs> we need to go do salami. Oh, right. Okay. Well, good. Thanks for that reflection. Mark, something good, sort of, coming out of yeah, uh, yeah, goodish Silicon Valley. There, AI, something good, freedom, freedom. AI is going to give us a newfound yes, freedom. ultimately freedom. There you go, Mark Matthews, our undercover Hollywood missionary, our undercover AI missionary. You can follow him at hu missionary. Coming up in our second half hour, a conversation about Catholic publishing and a featured chat with singer-songwriter Lorraine Hess. So stick around. Welcome to the Salt and Light Hour, Part 2. I'm Deacon Pedro. When Maria J. Bain felt inspired to write a children's book, The Glory of God, and couldn't find the right publisher, after a lot of prayer, she decided to start her own publishing company. JMJ Press was started to publish inspirational works of beautiful art and literature that give glory to God and ignite a passion and desire for holiness. To find out more, earlier this week I spoke with Maria J. Bain. Maria, welcome to the Sultan Light Hour. It's good to meet you. Great to meet you too. Thanks for inviting me. So the book, it seems the book is really the foundation for the publishing company. Tell us a yes. little bit. Tell us a little bit more about the book, The Glory of God, in a nutshell. Well, the, glo- 
Sure. So in a nutshell, what it really does is it teaches children that everyday moments are where they're face to face with God and that in each moment they have a choice to stay in his company or turn away. And when they do decide to turn away, they have the sacrament of reconciliation to bring them back. And so in the book, it shows the Beatitudes, the Ten Commandments. It has mm. a examination of conscience and it shows them how when they go to confession, it's really Jesus who is forgiving their sins and that they are starting over and that it's like their parents are giving them a brand new piece of paper when they've messed up a drawing. They right. they start over and God doesn't worry about that messed up drawing. He lets them begin again and his mercy is so great and his love is great. And so it really shows children that in everyday moments, they have choices like mom told me to make the bed. Should I do my best at school? Should I share all these different things? And it's, and they realize it's really their choice. And when they choose to stay in God's company, they truly are a reflection of God and the glory of God, that children okay. are the glory of God. And would you say, what's what age range is the book for? What age group? Well, I believe it would be a great, uh, and I've been told this too, for First Communion and okay. the Sacrament of First Reconciliation. Okay, yeah. But I sent a copy to every single Catholic elementary school in the United States and also every director of religious education in the United States. Wow. I sent them a copy of this book, and it's available in English and Spanish. Yes. But what I'm hearing from them is that it's such a great resource, not only to prepare them for the sacraments, but for their parents and for right. even pre-K all the way through. I'm hearing that it's just such a great lesson and that the illustrations are so beautiful right. and that they're really loving it. Yeah, usually really good children's books are also very good for the for the adults. Um, I'm curious about JMJ, those letters. Why did you choose that for the name for the publisher? Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. I write a lot of note cards. I used to work for Catholic TV as their director mm -hmm. of institutional advancement. And I always begin all my letters with the cross and Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. And so my middle name is Joseph. It's Maria J. Bain. So I'm named after Our Lady and St. Joseph. And so it's very important for me to incorporate the Holy Family and all that I do, um, but also JMJ Press and the Glory of God is dedicated to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Right, my mom. I have to tell you, my mom would always write JMJ at the top of every single letter that she wrote, and she I do too. she wrote letters every day. I would get a letter from her once a week, and there was always JMJ <laughs> there. So, so that's I do that's, that too. That's wonderful, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. Um, is it your hope then that you would be mostly publishing children's books? Actually, I, I have a lot of people that have reached out to me to see if I would publish their works. And one in particular is a priest in the United States. Uh, he wrote the most beautiful book on um, the martyrs of the Eucharist. So no, it's not going to be just children's book. I think I'm going to concentrate my writing oh. on children's books but I will be accepting other authors and it doesn't have to be children's books. So is this an, a, an appeal right now? We can tell that, that people, <laughs> authors, authors to be wannabes. Can, are you looking for submissions? 
I actually am going to be looking at in 2024 right now, getting everything up and going, and then also trying to market the glory of God yes. as our first book is keeping me very busy. Um, I have had several people send me things and I'm saying, oh, next year or next year, I'll look at it. But I couldn't put down Father Sophie's work. Uh, so we'll see what happens with that and the Holy Spirit's inspirations. But my plan is to wait till next year. And of course, we're only a couple months away from that, but we'll right. see what the Holy Spirit what the Holy Spirit has in mind. And the Holy Spirit always has something in mind that we didn't expect, right? Exactly. Um, would you say that we need Catholic publishers? I mean, Catholic publishers publishing Catholic books that are not just the classics, you know, I mean, Catholic books. Yes. Why? Well, I, not just Catholic books, but well-written, beautiful Catholic books. Because yeah. I think one of the things that inspired me with JMJ is I had read this prayer that the glory of God, you experience it in all nature and literature and art. And so I really love how Bishop Barron always incorporates the beauty of art in Catholicism. Yes. And I feel like that's very important to do because our faith is so beautiful. And that's why with the stories that I uh, publish, I really want that beauty to shine through, not just in the writings, the illustration, uh, the cover page, the art. I want everything to reflect the beauty of Catholicism and the beauty of God. Mm -hmm. What would you say to parents, and and particularly because because I'm thinking of of a children's book and parents that are looking for beautiful uh, stories of truth and goodness and beauty um, for their children. Um, what do you tell that parent that's really struggling with finding the right books? Oh, I'm trying to create them that they'd be able to yes. purchase and share with their kids. So I think that I really love buying children's books. I don't have any grandchildren. I have two grown uh, men, I'd like to say. Yes. Uh, but I'm always, I love books. So I'm always buying books and I'm especially always buying Catholic books. So um, they are out there and um, I'm trying to elevate it and uh, make all the works that we publish really beautiful and faith filled so that not only children will get something out of it, but adults as well. Mm -hmm. um, also, when I worked for Catholic TV, I talked to a lot of our donors and a lot of the elderly people that I had spoken to were afraid to go to confession. They hadn't been in 40 years or something like that. And so in my conversations with all these uh, donors, I was really thinking about them when I created this book as well. And when God gave me this book, because I thought, gosh, if they could read the simple little children's book about the sacrament of reconciliation, it would really calm mm. them and give them the grace to go to confession and not to be afraid that it truly is God. They're waiting for them to unburden their heart and to forgive them and let them start over. I know. And everybody struggles with that, I think. That when we come in the presence of God, we're all children, really. So yes. it, it's a wonderful idea to have a children's book that's actually uh, offered to all of us that can that to help us grow closer to God through the sacrament of reconciliation and 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 through the work that you're doing, Maria. Thank you 
um, thank you. I'm uh, thank you. I'm going to say thank you to the Holy Spirit for for inspiring you to to start this new publisher and uh, good luck in all that you do. We look forward to uh, more books from 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 you and from the publisher. Thank you. God um, bless you. Yes, you too. Thank you. That was a conversation from earlier this week. Maria J. Bain is the founder and president of JMJ Press. You can learn more at jmjpress.org. Here now is Lorraine Hess with The Name of Jesus from her new album, Veritas. That was Lorraine Hess with The Name of Jesus from her new album, Veritas. 
We first met Lorraine Hess in 2015 after she released her third album, Glorify Him. Since then, she's published three more, including her latest, which we've been listening to, Veritas, a project that she hopes will draw people closer to truth. It is a powerful collection of seven songs that is guaranteed to move you into deeper prayer and inspire you to joyful worship. To find out more, earlier this week, I spoke with Lorraine Hess. Lorraine, welcome back to the Salt and Light Hour. It's good to see you. It's great to be back. Thanks for having me. And I love this album. It's, um, but anyway, I want you to tell me about it first before I tell you what I think. Um, what inspired this album? So this is the first full project I've done since 2019. I mean, I've done a mass setting, I've done a yep. music video, but this was, you know, it's kind of a hard decision to make a new full project because of the expense of it and mm-hmm. the change digital from actual CDs and how do you budget for that? Yeah. And you're going to buy what? And But anyway, I just really discerned it for a while. And I had been writing a lot of music over the, over the years during this time. And um, as I was discerning, it was interesting. People were asking me, when is the next project? Are you recording anything new? And so I just sensed that the Lord was kind of pulling me in that direction. And I had led a pilgrimage to Italy earlier in the year and able to save a little bit of money. Yeah. from. And that was kind of my starting point saying, okay, if I don't even spend this money, I could put it right toward the project. And then I started my budget from there. Um, and then I just picked which songs I thought would be good for this album and went from there. So you had, so you had all the songs written already. Correct. And okay. So do you, so you didn't set out necessarily to write an album, but rather you felt called to, to curate, if I can use that word, compile songs that you already had. And it all fits so nicely into this theme. Yeah, you know, I um I've written way more than seven. There are seven songs on this EP, yeah. and way more than seven songs I've written since yes. 2019. And so when it came time to deciding which of the little creations would make this project, it was very hard to decide. But I went back to a lot of the music that I've written over the years and what's got the most streams, what was requested most often, what are the things mm-hmm. that are hitting people right now. Um and I, I use that as kind of my um, compass is mm-hmm. what, because people need to be fed right now. And what are they looking for right now in light of what's happened since 2019? Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of how I discern which seven songs would make it to the album. And, you know, normally I write music for the liturgy and there is a lot of yeah. music on this album that can be used for the liturgy, but I didn't let that dictate every song that had to had to be on this because right. some people just want to listen yes. or some people just can't find the words to pray and they need a little push. And so these are words to pray yeah. um, in many respects, but the theme of it was Veritas, which means truth, yes. which of course is so hard to find truth today in the I news know. And, I and, know. Media. And, and, but the truth is so important. And the truth is, has everything for us, Jesus, the, the truth. So I wanted everything to kind of be centered around things that we should be really holding strong and be courageous about speaking up about. So the, 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 the idea of truth come after, or as you were prayerfully, I guess, discerning which songs you would use or, or did you think first, I think that we need to do something about truth. And then you went to look for songs that fit into that theme. So the, the song Via Veritas Vita, um, Mm -hmm. So here a little later is 
a song I wrote in 2016. And I wrote it in memory of four women who were teachers at Dominican High School here in New Orleans, and they were pillars of truth. And they all died within a like within a year. And they had been at the school for decades. And so in 2016, I thought, what a great way to memorialize these incredible women. Okay. Who, um, and so that I had written that song and WLP had picked it up and GIA had finished it. Yeah. And my biggest complaint, you know, when we're getting news and information and I'm looking at social media and some of these kids are just, you know, they're filtering everything. I'm like, we need truth so badly. And it's, it's hard to find. Mm -hmm. And so as I was discerning, I'm like, this is going to be the center of this album, Truth. And so there's a song about Mary and the truth about Mary. And there's yeah. a song about the word of God and the truth about the word of God. Like everything we need is right there. Um, and so that became kind of the center of this, this particular project. Right. Yeah. And I, 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 uh... it's funny that you said that some of the songs can be used for liturgy. And of course, thinking about it. Yeah. But for me, it's very much an album to not just to listen to, but to listen to, to put me in the mood that's going to lead me to prayer, which is not something that I would think truth does, if that makes any sense. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, right. It's not, like truth for me is about ideas and intellect, whereas it's so beautiful that you were able to take that. And of course, there are words, but to take that and put it in a sense that it's also very beautiful. So there's truth, beauty, and goodness, right? That is that is very beautiful, that it draws me to beauty in a way. I don't know how else to explain it, but... I appreciate that. No, I appreciate That's a beautiful way to describe it. Um, so it it works if I didn't do a very good job describing it. Um, would you say that for you as a songwriter, there is something different about this album? Absolutely. What you know, is it? I, uh, I, I took a few liberties with this album, the title song has a different vibe to it than mm -hmm. some of my previous projects. Um, kind of merges chant with um, contemporary instruments and um, is a moment of a procession song. And, mm -hmm. you know, there's a gospel piece in there, which, yes. I, you know, I, at first I, I wrote it and it was a ballad and it was pretty boring. But then I thought, okay, this is the name of the song is the name of Jesus. This has to have oomph to it and it has to be powerful and so yes. i wrote the entire song like two weeks before i left for atlanta to go record it and i just made it i said i'm going to do it the way i want to sing it and it may never be sung during a liturgy that's okay i want people to sing it in their cars i want yeah. them to sing it when they're on the elliptical like i want them to just rejoice in the name of jesus and yeah. all the name of jesus can do for us yeah it's so beautiful so did you did you have any of the song you had some of the songs written before did you have some of the songs recorded before so we did a partial recording of by god kept pure which is a marian piece a texas by alan hammerding and gia has published it um, okay and we did a kind of a demo of it and so okay. i took that and we reopened the file and we added background vocals okay we some different instruments to kind of fill it up a little bit so that was the only one that had been partially recorded but everything else we started from scratch so basically so there there is and that does give some unity to the album to know that everything was recorded kind of within the same i'm not not necessarily right. at the same time i don't know if you did that but it's certainly in the same with the same idea Mm -hmm. and the same producer and the same and producer here and they, they instrumentation know so well. yeah. yeah they had done a sub, several of my projects in the past and so um ed caroza was the um, engineer and ed bullduck 
was yeah, okay. producer, and they just know me so well. They knew what yes. microphone, what instruments, and Super. it just went very yeah. quickly. And you've done collaborations in the past also, songwriting. Were these all yours, or did you collaborate with anybody on any of those writing? So the um, there's a song called Like You, and I co-wrote that with Craig Colson, okay. who's a dear friend of mine, and he recorded his part in um, Chicago area, and um, they mixed it in Atlanta. But we wrote it. We went, kind of went back and forth on the song. And um, so I asked him if he would sing on it, which was really nice, nice treat to not only co-write it with me, but to also sing it with me. So that's a co-write. And like I said, Alan Hoverding wrote the text of By God Kept Pure, which is a Marian piece. Yeah. But everything else is mine. Yeah, it's wonderful. And and uh, yeah, I I am very excited about this. I, you have so many other songs that you've written. Does this mean that there's going to be like an album next year? I mean, you've been writing a lot in the last <laughs> Definitely couple Definitely not next year. I've got to financially recover from this one. <laughs> it's so expensive and it's hard to yeah. budget because you just don't know yeah. how many people are going to buy physical CDs and how many are going to download it. And yeah. what you get downloads is very different. Yeah. But God will provide. And um, I'm not concerned about that. But no, I don't think I'll do another project next year. But there may be a single I'll drop here and there, yeah. which is a little more affordable way of uh, releasing music. Yeah, that's a, what a lot of people are doing nowadays is they do the single thing. So I was I was also impressed and by the fact that you chose to do a full album. Um, mm -hmm. So good for you. Thank you. It's it's, it's su such a good album. I, I I'm I'm very excited about this album, and thank you so much for sharing, sharing sharing it with us. I appreciate um, that. Um, yeah, I can't encourage people I, more. I don't know what else I can say to encourage people to <laughs> to, to support you to purchase oh. the album, and then yeah, um, to sing in the car, to sing at home, to right. to inspire you to your prayer, to listen to it's. Uh, um, uh, thank you. Thank you, Lorraine. I appreciate that. For this. I and, wanna, can and, I mention just one thing? Yes. There's, um, there's one song on there called Build My Church. And I wrote it in Assisi while I was in oh. the little church inside the big basilica. And it's about what we're supposed to be doing as we yeah. build our church. And when the church runs into some troubles and we have to just keep loving and welcoming. And um, so that one is really special to me. And I'm hoping that makes a difference in people's lives. Um, as they say, well, what's my part in all of this? And that's just to be loving and welcoming people into our churches, even when we're going through difficult times. Yeah. And I think that that's kind of what's happening in the church right now with the synod in Rome and, sure. and what Pope Francis uh, through the, or the Holy Spirit through this papacy is leading us to, um, and to call us to truth. I think that that's so important nowadays, as you said earlier as Amen. well. So again, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. And, uh, and I look forward to staying in touch. Same here. God bless. You can learn more about Lorraine Hess and purchase her new album, Veritas, at her website, LorraineHess.com. And it's Hess, H-E-S-S, LorraineHess.com. If you missed any part of our conversation or you want to listen to it again, just head to our website, slmedia.org slash podcast. Here now is Lorraine Hess, with Via Veritas Vita from her new album, Veritas.
listening to Lorraine Hess with Via Veritas Vita from her new album, Veritas. And that will take us to the end of the program today. To listen to the full show, go to our website, slmedia.org slash podcast. That's also where we post links to all our guests and resources so you can go and support them. You can also subscribe to the Salt and Light Hour Catholic Podcast everywhere. And that's an easy way not to miss one single episode. Today, let's continue to pray for peace. Peace in the Holy Land, peace in Ukraine. Let's pray for Catholic publishers and for those who are struggling to find the truth. May they find it in seeking it, and in finding it, may they find Christ. May you stay safe, pray for each other, and take care of each other. Thank you for being with us today. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this has been the Salt and Light Hour.